the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What we do, how we carry ourselves today in the here and now, it will come back on us another day. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 32 And I entitled this message, Hoping for the Best. Getting back to our text, Jacob was blessed and encouraged by angels. That is, until he got some bad news. And know this, there will always be bad news. Don't we know that? How long have you been alive on this planet? It's like, there's bad news. No matter how good things are going, bad news is always lurking in the shadows. And its desire is to steal our peace and to leave us filled with nothing but fear, to leave us filled with emptiness and total heartache. And what was Jacob's bad news? Verse 6 said, Esau is coming with 400 men. Oh, he's coming to kill me. All these years later, it's been boiling on him. He's going to come and, you know, slice me and dice me and make me into a Julian Fry. I don't know if he said that. I'm just, I just put that in there. But anyway. But it's like he's coming after me. As you remember, when Jacob left home, it was because his mother overheard Esau's plan to kill him. Well, when we start reaping what we have sown, doesn't it cost us to face the reality? And that's exactly what's happening to Jacob. He realizes, you know what? You know why I just can't go walk back home right now? It's been 20 years and I still can't just walk back. And you know why? Because of me. I messed it all up. I messed everything up. It's like, it's my fault. So he falls in his face before God in verse 9 and 10. Notice he calls out the God of his grandfather, Abraham. The God of his father, Isaac. It appears that he doesn't even consider God his own God. I'm just coming to you because my grandpa, Abraham, and my dad, Isaac. Why again? Because his own sin was ever before him. He said in verse 10, I am not worthy of your love. Yeah, have you come to that point yet? Sometimes, you know, we get kind of high on ourselves. Like we're the greatest thing since buttered popcorn, you know, we're the greatest thing since, you know, jalapeno chips, kettle chips. See, we are not worthy of God's love. Do you understand that? Like, we have sinned. God says, it's not that my hand is so short that I can't reach you. It's not that my ears dull that I can't hear you. I'm God. I put the ring around Saturn. Your sin has severed our relationship. Your sin has separated us. But yet Jacob acknowledges God's faithfulness. Yet, he has not been faithful. See, God's been faithful. I haven't been faithful. And that's the same for us. 
We got to get to that point. Like God doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe me anything. You know, there's times when, when we're faithful, right? There's times when we're good boys and, and we're good girls. But there are so many more times that we're not good boys and we're not good girls. Jacob said, when I came to this country, I had nothing in my hand but my staff, meaning I picked up a walking stick on the road, and that's all I had. And now I'm returning to go back home 20 plus years later, and I have great herds and massive riches and servants. Yet now fear has engulfed him because he knows he's thinking guilty. And his brother's coming with 400 men. Understand how we live our lives, what we do, how we carry ourselves today in the here and now, it will come back on us another day. We will reap what we sow. It's a spiritual law. I wonder if there's anything you might be toying with, even as we speak right now, that could possibly come back on you and sting you later. Is there anything right now that could come back on you? Well, I encourage you to give it up now. See, this is the great thing about the Holy Spirit of God, because I could be up here saying this, and and you're just sitting there all of a sudden, it comes up in your head. That's a thing. That's a thing. Okay, get get, get down. Can anyone else see this? And it's up there, because the Lord put it up there. It's like, give it up. Let it go. Stop. God's warning you. You were going to reap if you don't get rid of it. Abandon that area. And if you truly repent, God could be so gracious to you and minimize the pain of the payback that could be coming to you. Only God can change what you will reap and what you sow, okay? And true repentance is the only way to see God and his mercy save you from a possible heartache. But Jacob says in verse 11, oh God, deliver me. Isn't that the bottom line? Oh, God, help me. You know, people say, well, how do I pray in times of emergency? <laughs> God, help! Okay, you don't, have to, you don't have to have every T crossed and every I dotted. Just, you just cry out to the Lord. It's like, oh, God, help me. It's like he hears that prayer all the time. Let's read what happens next here, picking up in verse 13. So he spent the night there. He's freaking out. Remember, he already told us that he's greatly afraid, not just a little afraid. I'm greatly afraid and distressed. So now... He separates himself from his family. He's spending the night there. Then he selected from what he had within him uh, present for his brother Esau. Verse 14, 200 female goats and 20 male goats and 200 ewes and 20 rams. Verse 15, 30 milking camels and their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, uh, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Verse 16, and he delivered them into the hand of his servants every drove by itself. And he said to his servants, pass on before me and put a space between droves. And he commanded the one in front saying, when my brother Esau meets you and he asks you saying, to whom do you belong and where are you going? And to whom do these animals in front of you belong? Then you shall say, now listen, listen, this is what you're going to say to him. Don't mess it up. These belong to your servant, Jacob. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau. Oh, he's sucking up at a whole nother level. And behold, he also is behind us. And then he commanded also the second and the third and all those who followed their drove saying, 
After this manner, you shall speak to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, behold, your servant Jacob also is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. Then afterward, I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. What he's saying is, perhaps he won't kill me for all that I've made misery in his life. Notice, Jacob had fallen on his face with God before this. He seemed to repent, did he not? In that first point that we looked at, he pleaded his case with God. Hey, I'm going back just like you called me to, Lord. I I know I've sinned. You know, I know I don't deserve any of this, but help me, Lord, because I fear my brother Esau. Yes, he seemed to cast all of his problem upon the Lord. Yet he gets up from his prayer and he goes about trying to fix the problem with these gifts. You notice that? Do we not do that? Oh, yes, Lord, I just, I trust you. Lord, I give you all the, cast all my cares upon you. I just cast it all upon you. I just leave it at your feet, Lord. And then we get up and let me go fix the problem. Oh, wait, I thought you just left everything at the feet of the Lord. I thought you prayed that God would fix it. Oh, now you're going to fix it. Oh, okay. You're going to fix it now. It looks a lot like a bribe to me. You know, it's like a lot like a bribe. And, and he's trying to win his brother's affection. This is, this is crazy. And, and well, we don't know for sure, but Jacob has always been trying to fix his own mistakes, it looks like. First, he ran to Laban, who took advantage of him for almost 20 years now. Now he's going to butter up his brother Esau. I hope Jacob hasn't forgotten that God is his refuge and his strength. And the same goes for us. We can seek the Lord's face. We can repent. Then we turn right around. Let me go fix it, Lord. Let me go fix my own problem. Let's not forget that God had already turned Laban back from harming Jacob. Remember what happened last time? Remember, you know, after Jacob got out of Dodge, like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not even telling my father-in-law he's burned me so many times. I'm just, I'm out of here. And then Laban caught up with him, and he was going to bring much harm to Jacob for leaving and taking his, his daughters and his grandchildren and all that. But then God gave him a little dream the night before. Hey, Laban, how's it going? You're going after Jacob to do much harm to him, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to teach that young buck something. Yeah. You touch him. I'll kill you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, you're a dead man. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, okay. So uh, he goes, I, God told me not to touch you, so I, I can't touch you. Yes, God spoke to Laban, don't mess with him. But now Jacob is doing what many of us do again. He's going to help God. Yes, we got to help God. Poor God. You know, he's such a, such a struggling guy, you know. So he plans on sending Esau multiple gifts by the droves, it says. He plans on sending him five gifts in all. The first gift is 200 female goats and 20 male goats. The second is 200 sheep and 20 rams. The third is 30 camels that have 30 babies with them. The fourth is 40 cows and 10 bulls, okay? That, that, the reason I'm giving so many females because they're going to reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. And the fifth drove is 20 female donkeys and 10 males. Wow. 
You start doing the math on that, get your calculator on, you're going to come up with 580 animals. You know, back here, yeah, there was silver and gold and everything, but the real value and the riches in how many animals you had. And he's given 580. Who knows how many he has? This is just a small portion of how God has blessed Jacob. So now Jacob has his plan in place, but he's still not at rest. Now, I'm going to fix it all, right? But why is he not at rest? Because he's not supposed to fix it. God's supposed to fix it. So he can't sleep that night. I wonder what you do when you're afraid of those that are around you. Maybe you could turn and write this down. Psalm 7, verse 1, it says, Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord, my God. In you I have taken refuge. Save me from all those who pursue me and deliver me. Maybe you... You turn to God's word, you read it, you embrace it. Maybe you're just sinking in the game of life and you're just tired of hanging on. I'm just done. I'm done with it all. Maybe you could turn to Psalm 69, verse 14, where it says, deliver me from the mire and do not let me sink. May I be delivered from my foes and from the deep waters. Oh God, I'm sinking, Lord. I'm just, I don't know if I can hold my breath any longer. God knows. Maybe you wonder, will I really make it to heaven? Like, am I really going to get there? I mean, man, everything's so messed up. I mean, who knows? Am I really going to go to heaven? 2 Timothy 4.18 says, the Lord will deliver me. Who's me? It's those who know Christ as their Savior. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you have no hope of heaven. You have no hope of tomorrow. The Bible says it's appointed for every man and every woman to die once, and after this comes judgment. You think, well, I'm going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, well, I hope you are. But what if you're not? What if you're not? What if some freak accident happens? Someone runs a red light. Something happens. A stray bullet. I mean, it's like, who? what happened? It's, sorry, you don't get any more chances. It's like the Lord says, in 2 Timothy 4, 18, to the believer, the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into the heavenly kingdom and to him be the glory and forever, forever and ever. Amen. There's only one hope. That's in Christ. And he died for us. And he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if we open up, he'll come in and he'll sup with us. But getting back to Jacob's sleepless night, now he runs into a stranger. Like, when it rains, it pours. So he separated himself. He's away from everyone. He's got all the droves going out to, you know, butter up, you know, Esau. He's away from the wife and the kids, and he's all by himself in the camp. And now some stranger comes walking in the camp. It's like, who the heck are you? It's like, who are you? Let's read what happens. Jen Jacob was left alone in verse 24, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. God, you, you ever get into wrestling? It's like I used to wrestle in high school. So, you know, years ago when I was selling construction equipment back in Virginia, uh, you know, about 20 miles south of Washington, D.C. is Quantico Marine Base. So I used to call on the Marine Base. You know, I used to rent equipment and everything down there. Yeah, it was actually pretty, you know, it was a pretty good place to go and, and, and sell my goods and everything. But uh, I was down there at lunchtime one day, so I went into their gym. Now, this is not some new awesome gym at their Marine Base. Oh, no, this is like some built in 1940 old barracks that they put weights in. It was just a sweatshop, okay? And it was in the summertime, so I was in there kind of just pumping some iron, you know? And, and so this guy walks up, hey, hey you want to wrestle? I'm thinking, <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, let's wrestle. You know, it's it's Marine. He's like twice my size. I'm like, 
uh, no. And he goes, no, come on, man, come on. There's no one to wrestle with me. It's upstairs. There's mats and everything. So we go upstairs. And you know how heat rises? It's like, it's like 150 degrees up there. So I start wrestling this guy. He's like twice my size. I'm like, I got this sweaty body all over me. I'm dripping. I'm like, oh, we're wrestling and wrestling. And there's like, there's no like timeout or anything. I'm just in this forever. I mean, it's like 30 minutes later. We're still wrestling. I'm like, oh, God. I'm, I just, I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm praying. Oh, God. Have mercy on me. Give me the strength of Samson. And I took this guy and I rolled him off of me and I put him down. I'm like, one, two, three, go, you're done. It's over. And I got up and he goes, you beat me. And I go, yes. I walked away. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you. That guy's sweaty body all over me. And so I'm just like, oh, my goodness. But you're just wrestling. That's what's happening here. And it's going on. Mine was like 30 minutes. Oh, no, not Jacob. They're wrestling until daybreak. It's an all-nighter. It's an all-nighter. Verse 25. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched. Now, this is the wrestler, whoever this stranger is. And he touches the socket of his thigh. And he puts him out of socket. Jacob's thigh. It was dislocated while he was wrestling him. Verse 26. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, this is Jacob saying back to him, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed them there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. For he said, I have seen the face of God. I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. This is a pre-Jesus 2,000 years ago moment all the way back in Genesis. Wow. Now, the first time Jacob dealt with God was back in chapter 28. Remember, there was that dream of the ladder and angels were going back and forth on the ladder. And it seemed to change Jacob's heart. He believed, and he called that place Bethel. In the Hebrew, it means the house of God. He goes, man, this has got to be the house of God. This is where God goes up and down to heaven. Yet now, he wrestles with an angel, but obviously, this is not any ordinary angel. This is the Lord himself. And that's why Jacob called that place Peniel. In the Hebrew, it means the face of God. 20 years had passed between those two events, Bethel and Peniel, and not much has changed in Jacob's heart. Notice the Lord asked Jacob his name. It's almost like God wanted Jacob to say for himself, I want you to say who you are. I want you to say, here you are all these years of your life. You're some 40 years old now. And it's like, I want you to say it yourself. I want it to come out of your mouth who you really are and what you have become in this life. For his name was Jacob. And it means heel catcher, deceiver. It's almost like God just said, I want you to say it. This is who I am. After all these years in this life, yes, God, I'm just a deceiver. That's all I am. I admit it. I'm just a deceiver. Yet now God changes his name. You're no longer going to be the deceiver. I'm going to change your name to Israel. God's fighter or one who struggles and strives with God. Notice the point here is this. Jacob is to no longer struggle for that 
for all that's in this life. Stop struggling to make it happen yourself. He struggled with his brother Esau for his birthright. He struggled with his father Isaac for the family blessing. He has struggled for the last 20 years with his father-in-law Laban forever. He has struggled with Rachel and Leah, these two wives and all their jealousy and, and hatred that we've been studying the last few weeks. And unfortunately, Jacob has struggled with God the whole time. I wonder how long it will take us to get to a place where we stop struggling with God. How long until we stop striving and rebelling against him? How much longer? Do you see how God allowed Jacob to prevail against him all night long? Do we really think Jacob was overpowering God in this wrestling match? I mean, Jesus could have just said, uh, you're gone. In fact, you're a pile of ashes. How about that? Post hosties. Okay. But he allowed it to happen all night long. But I wonder how much God delights in that just a little bit. When we struggle all night long in prayer. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, I need you. I don't know what to do here. And we just struggle all night long with him. And you know what? The Lord just stays awake with us all night long. And we're struggling in prayer all night long. He's right there with us. Where we, like Jacob, would just say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I wonder, when was the last time that you really got on your face with God? And you said, Lord, I am not leaving until I know what you want me to do. Lord, until I have clear direction in this situation, until I know what you want of me here, I'm not leaving until I have your clear view and wisdom in my mind. If we would have been there and we looked at Jacob the next morning after this wrestling match, what would we have seen? We would have seen a man limping now and walking away because of his socket and his hip being out. We would have said, oh, poor Jacob, poor baby. Like many look at ourselves in the midst of our difficulties and our hardships in life. And we say, oh, look at me. I'm beat down in this world. and Poor me. I'm, I'm dislocated and I'm just messed up. Look at me. Yet, if we would have not looked at his physical hip being out, and we would have looked into the eyes of Jacob, we would have seen a changed man. See, when we go through the hardships and difficulties of life, the things that we think will break us and crush us, those are the things that God uses to mold and make us into the men and the women that he so desires us to be. And he's just like, no, I let you go through that fire. But God, I'm burned. Third degree burns here. It's like, yeah, but I'm molding you and shaping you. You're being refined through the fire. His eyes would have glowed with the glory of God. He had been in the presence of the Lord. When will we get to the end of ourselves? And like Jacob say, God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. 
all God's plans and purposes for Jacob. We're just waiting for that day when Jacob got to the end of himself. No more schemes. No more deceptions. No more me following my plan, getting my way, trying to manipulate the situation. No more, Lord. It's your will be done, not mine. I want whatever you want for me, not what I want for me. See, the loser of the wrestling match, he won. He won. The loser finally wins. God was simply looking for surrender. Let me ask you, what will it take for you to surrender to the Lord? What will it take for you to surrender? Because if you don't surrender, you will lose it all. But if you lose your life today, you will find great life. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.